From Miami Law, I'm Annette Uges, and this is The Explainer. People are always more worried about what's going to happen than what has happened in, in an election. Welcome to Season 3 of The Explainer, the legal affairs podcast where Miami law experts lend context and historical relevance to today's headlines. With leading indicators forecasting a softening or an outright recession, President Trump has issued several governing-by-tweet pronouncements, from seesawing on everything from indexing capital gains to cutting the payroll taxes that fund Medicare and Social Security. Today on our show, we have Stanley Langbein, who is a former attorney and advisor in the Office of International Tax Council of the United States Department of the Treasury. Let's go to executive producer Catherine Skip with the interview. Good morning, Stanley. Thanks for joining us. Good to be here. Thanks for asking me. It's hard to keep up with all the switchbacks from the president on economic news, and his advisors are trying to, quote, clarify, unquote, his messages. Can you clue us in on what we really need to watch for? Well, uh, I can try. Um, It's not easy for anyone. Um, But on the economic news, you need to watch the the economic numbers, um, in particular the relationship between the 10- and 2-year Treasury rates. Um, And on the tax front, uh, I think you have to pay some attention to what what the president says and what the White House says, but last week it was back and forth for four straight days. He'd say one thing and then say the opposite the next day, and then the first thing on the third day and the opposite on the fourth day. So you still have to you still have to listen to what he says, but uh, it, it really is inconsistent in the thing to watch in the markets to watch the movement of the markets, but in particular, the movement of those interest rates. Mm -hmm. So two of the things that came out of last week were about indexing capital gains and cutting payroll taxes. Uh, Can you talk a little about what that, how that would impact the economy and how it would impact taxpayers? Well, I can tell you what the direct impacts are. The, The impact on the overall economy involves a lot of opinion and speculation, I guess. The payroll tax cut, the the two tax cuts um, impact almost precisely the opposite groups of taxpayers. Indexing capital gains is a tax cut essentially for upper income. And can you explain what indexing capital gains means? It could mean two things, but pretty clearly in their minds means only one of the two. Let's say you have stock that you bought in or property that you bought in 1998 for $100,000, and it's now worth a million dollars. And the overall inflation rate, the the cumulative inflation rate since 1998 is 25%. So if you had $100,000, which is what you paid for the stock, that would be worth $250,000 now. So if you sold the stock for a million dollars, if if the basis were indexed, the capital gain would be seven hundred and fifty thousand. If it's not indexed, it's nine hundred thousand. Okay. Um, Now it also could mean just a prospective indexing, but that's such a small amount um, that I don't believe that's what they mean, Mm -hmm. Um, because that wouldn't have very much 
effect on the economy. What the, how that would affect the economy is problematical because uh, it could, add, particularly if it's a temporary rule, it could adversely affect the financial markets because it could make people who would otherwise just hold on to the stock sell, mm -hmm. figuring they'd pay less tax if they sold in, with an indexing machine. Um, and it, its effect on the economy would be the effect of any other tax cut, but it might, because people might sell that they otherwise wouldn't sell, that increases the revenue that the government collects. So it might not even end up being a tax cut at all mm -hmm. um, because it might raise revenue. Right. And that is, I mean, that, that mitigates the budget deficit, but until you do something else, um, you haven't injected any stimulus in the economy. And what would be the impact of payroll tax? Payroll tax cut is an immediate tax cut, and it, uh, in contradistinction to indexing capital gains, it helps the lower income people mm -hmm. because it's only it's $132,000 income is all that's subject to the Social Security payroll tax. Um, and that will go into, let's pay, born disproportionately by lower income people, and that would stimulate spending mm -hmm. on, and spending on staples, okay. things like that. Um, so obviously the president has his eye on a good, on good economic news uh, as his path to 2020 victory, but the news that he's been making has roiled markets globally. The tax cuts he promised in his 2016 campaign have not been the promised panacea for the middle class. Is there any glimmer of hope for them? For? For the middle class. For the middle class, uh, well, there's a glimmer of hope. I mean, the, the, there's a talk about a pending recession, mostly because there's been an inversion in those uh, interest rates. But we're not in recession, and you know, uh, the economy has been good for the the good economy, the strong economy. The last few years didn't really start with the Trump administration, but it's generally good for the middle class. I don't think the middle class is doomed. Mm -hmm. despite the fact that some people think that, mm -hmm. that the middle class is vanishing. But um, certainly the president has cause to be concerned about the economy mm -hmm. um, for two reasons. One is an incumbent president always needs to be concerned about the economy. The three presidents, last pre or four presidents, counting Hoover, um, who have lost re-election, have all lost, when the economies were souring, mm -hmm. or sour, um, and the um, uh, but in the case of President Trump, his behavior is in general uh, very different from pres prior presidents of either party, and a lot of the people might support him or do support him, saying, "Well." It's unusual behavior, but nothing bad has happened or the actual state of the economy and the state of the country is good. But they're what we would call arguing from coincidental relationships, not causal relationships. So if the economy sours, then the thought process is his behavior is somewhat unusual and things aren't going well and they could be worse. Mm -hmm. So I would think he would be in 
serious political trouble if there's really. The other thing about the economy and elections is you have years like 2012 where the economy wasn't particularly good, but it was getting better. And it generally is what's happening, in, what's in progress in the economy more than its absolute state that affects the outcome of the election. That's why President Obama was reelected with a relatively weak economy, with the economy at a relatively weak state, but it is, but in conditions where it was clearly improving. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would it pres- take? Well, President Trump next year, if the, if the economy is in or heading toward recession, is going to be in a in the opposite conce- position than President Obama was in 2012. He's have a relatively strong level that the economy is at, but it's going, it's getting worse. A falling tide sinks all boats. Well, it sinks all expectations. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, people are people are always more worried about what's going to happen than what has happened mm-hmm. in, a, in an election and thinking that the economy's bad, bad or good, but going to get worse if you reelect the president. It's going to, going to cause people to vote the other way. Mm-hmm. So, so my question is. All of these kinds of back and forth and back and forth, and you're seeing the market like dive and up. And does that have a long-term impact, or that's just like don't I, pay attention to the man behind the curtain? You want to look at at what it looks like over eighteen has, months. The or, thing that has a, a long-term implication for the economy is what the market does over a more substantial period than day to day. And it's not the flu- day-to-day fluctuations. So the, they really great fluctuations tend to have a depressing effect on the the level of asset values. So let's say it gets to be October and the econ- and the market is down fourteen percent. That's going to be bad for the economy. Or whether it's going to be bad in itself for the economy, or it indicates that the economy is headed for some further trouble isn't clear and probably both are true. What would it take to see the markets, the economy continue to... an upward trend in the market? Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, the most important thing would be some indication of progress in the trade talks with China because the market's reacting to that. Uh, Interest rate reductions by the Federal Reserve would help. but they're kind of baked in. People expect them. Um, and turn around in the statistics. You know, uh, if the interest rates, I don't know what, it, what the verb is for de-invert. If they, if they get normal again, which are, uh, Fed rate reductions would help, mm-hmm. that would help the market. But the, in terms of the psychology of the market right now, it's the, tr- the trade war. That is, I think, the most troubling thing causing the... And, of course, um, the the president's tweets are causing fluctuations in the market. And, I mean, if he were an officer or executive of a private company and he was issuing tweets that affected either the market or the stock of the company in that way... He would not be retained. Right. This I mean, is what Elon Musk got into trouble for. Right? Yeah. Well, a lot. You get into trouble. Mm-hmm. You know. And and um, I mean, if you were issuing tweets like that and you were in a private company, 
I mean, the board of directors would call an immediate emergency meeting, and you might be gone by the end of the day. Well, that will be the 2020 election, whether he'll be gone by the end of the well, day. Well, that's not the end of the day. You can tweet a lot between <laughs> now and then. Um, anything you want to add in closing? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. It's just, uh, I, I do want to add one thing, and that is in terms of the election and the effect of the economy on the election, uh, I referred to what usually happens to presidents in a weak economy. President Trump's position is worse than the ordinary president because rightly or wrongly, there is a narrative about why the economy is weakening, which is that it's his trade wars that are causing worldwide economic weakness. Mm -hmm. So there's a narrative that says not only is the economy weakening, but that the phenomenon is directly attributable to decisions that he made that he didn't have to make and that were controversial and indeed contrary to the policies that both parties have been following for a couple of decades. So um, if, if a, no, people attribute a bad economy or a good economy to the president unfairly. Everybody says that. But here there's a narrative that says it really wouldn't have happened. But for you, like someone said that Chairman Powell's last week, his comments last week were essentially saying to the president, if you want to look for an explanation of these things, look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. So his position is, is both because of the irregularity, the, of his, the occasional or constant irregularity of his behavior, and because of that narrative, mm -hmm. he's, much, he's more dependent on the economy staying strong than the average president mm -hmm. has been. Well, on that happy note, thank yes. you so much for joining us. Okay. Good to be here. Thanks for joining us at The Explainer. If you like the show, leave us a five-star review with your podcast provider and ask your friends to subscribe. You can always drop us a comment at explainer at miami.edu. Our show is engineered and edited by Christopher Alzadi with theme music composed by Rady Kim from the Frost School of Music. I'm your host, Annette Uguez. Today's show was brought to you by Miami Law's Boyer Institute on Condominium and Cluster Development, where practitioners, associations, and developers dive into emerging trends in condo development, compliance, and management. The CLE-approved program is coming up October 3rd and 4th. For more information, visit law.miami.edu.